Hi, this is Dirk with Steward Leader, and this is The Extraordinary Life. I really don't know if I can hold on, because Dirk, I, uh, I am threadbare. I keep trying, I keep pushing, but this is not where I thought I would be at this stage in my life. I know you're probably gonna tell me to believe because that's what you do. But this is not what I thought life was going to look like. My friend was really distraught and he has the right to be. The last 18 months to two years have been devastating. And there are times in each of our lives that the pieces don't come together, they don't fit. Sometimes the plans that we had don't fall into place as we had hoped. And yet there are times in the midst of the brokenness and disillusionment that God offers an even greater dream, a more vivid vision beyond what we could possibly imagine. And we are given the calling and the opportunity to live into a new life that is almost beyond belief, and yet it calls us to believe. As Jesus is ready to ascend into the heavens in the first chapter of the book of Acts, we see the disciples given this kind of challenge. And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood before them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. It is probably worth noting that although we have read this before and we have a longer view perspective, the apostles were experiencing this in the right here and the right now. They have seen Jesus crucified and resurrected, and now they are ready for the king and his kingdom. And then he floats into the clouds. Then there are these guys in white. Apparently, the presence of angels doesn't really shock them. Then the angels ask, why do you stand there looking into the sky? Wait, wait a minute. What? The one who we gave our lives for and left everything for, the one who blessed Peter as he spoke the title of Messiah, God's King, about Jesus, had just floated up into the sky. So my question is, what else would they be doing? But then the promise is given. He will return. In fact, he will come back in the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. Jesus the Christ is going into the divine God space of heaven, and he will return. 
And, and here's another interesting point. We don't see the apostles disbanding. They don't scream at the angels. They don't scream at each other. They don't yell at Jesus for abandoning them. They aren't throwing rocks into the sky. Somehow they believe. This is clearly not what they thought was going to happen, yet they believe. There is a promise that he will return. There is a promise that is rooted deeply in their belief that he is God's king. This is a promise that is rooted in Jesus' life of love, teachings, miracles, and the justice that he is who he showed himself to be. And so they believe. So what does this mean for us today? Do we, can we believe that there is a king who is returning to right all the wrongs? to bring healing and salvation to all creation, to restore all things, to wipe away every tear, who will bring the new heaven and the new earth. And how would that change the way we live? Here are a few suggestions for folks like us on the journey to the extraordinary life. Number one, ask God to help you see the big picture Part one, ask God to awaken your soul and stretch your beliefs that Jesus Christ is God's Messiah, God's King. He is the cosmic Christ who reigns over all the universes and galaxies, and he can reign right in your world today. Number two, ask God to help you see the big picture. Part two, ask God to root your soul in the reality that Jesus Christ will return. He will heal, save, and restore all things. Number three, realize and celebrate that love will win. The God who is love is and will ultimately be victorious. Number four, live in hope. All the brokenness will be refashioned in and through the love and power of God. He will make all things new. Number five, cry and proclaim. The wounds of our world and your world are deep and dark. It is appropriate for that to crush us at times. But yet live in the reality that every tear will find its purpose and the God who wept will wipe away our tears in his love and his compassion. Number six, live in joy. God is the promise giver. He is the promise keeper. He is faithful and true. God's joy is our strength for the journey. And number seven, Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for his living and loving presence in your life through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, we can believe, we can hold on, we can live the lives we have been created to live. We can hold on. Sometimes it does feel like we are dangling on a cliff by only a few fingers. 
But the extraordinary life is a life of radical love, radical grace, and radical belief. We are given the greatest dream, God's dream and promise that there will be a day when it all comes together in ways that are so far beyond our imaginations. A part of God's great adventure for our lives is the vision and that, and that hope that pulls us through and pulls us forward. We have the opportunity and the calling to live in hope that transforms each minute of each day. So as you consider new levels of hope and belief, a great place to start can be the steward's prayer. Lord, what do you want me to do today with all you have trusted me with to honor you and to advance your kingdom? God's richest blessings to you as you strive to live the extraordinary.